Hello and welcome to Life After, a podcast where young people can share and discuss their experiences with grief. If you're new, my name's Theo and this is the fourth of a five-part series where I ask guests about their experiences and how their grief has shaped them. In this episode, I speak to Tom, a friend from school, who recently lost his brother. I began by asking him to explain what happened. So my brother Ben, uh, he was my older brother, so he's about seven, eight years older than me. And January last year, it was actually this week, it was yeah. Tuesday, he committed suicide. But I didn't actually know the day it was. So when it was this week and I woke up, I had a load of texts on my phone. Ba- that sort of uh, set me back a bit. Uh, when I went into work, I told them and they were actually really nice about it. And I had mm. a couple of days off work, which is actually really nice because... Did you need that, do you think? Yeah, because I hadn't felt the way I felt in a long time. It sort of brought me back. And because it was a new job and I didn't really know people that well, mm. it was like I didn't feel like myself and I didn't want to go in and pretend to everyone that I was fine because I didn't feel like I could do that. And where I work on my floor, there's a mental health advocate. is a really nice guy called Lee. And he was really nice about it. He literally was like, I don't want you to work today. I want you to go home and then let me know how you feel tomorrow sort of thing. So he was really nice about it. Bearing in mind, I've only been there like three weeks. Did you contact your mum at all? Or like, what, what yeah, did no, you, I do? Spoke what to did my you mom. do with your day? Uh, well, on that day, because I sort of was planning on going to work and then yeah. came home, rang my girlfriend, Emily, yeah. told her the scenario. She was like, I'm going to come to yours straight away. But I didn't really feel like I needed her to do that. So mm. I said, no, don't worry about that. Just And she planned. And then she said, I'm going to come in the evening instead. Yeah. Alf came back from uni. Me and him just spent the day. Uh, that was actually the day I was telling you about. We're playing board games and yeah. just messing around, which was actually quite nice because on days like that, I don't like. Alf did offer to me. He was like, if you want to go to a church or anything, just let me know. But I prefer dealing with it just by keeping myself not completely distracted I do like I don't like pretending that it hasn't happened I don't like sitting around just thinking about it and doing nothing but that I prefer keeping distracted and then the feeling eventually will pass going back to it do you you say it was a blur but what was it like how did that kind of unfold for you during that so I was down in Brighton and I literally got a phone call from my dad he told me that my brother had taken his own life Uh, this was I suppose about 10 11 o'clock in the morning and I was actually the only person in the house in Brighton at the time, which was actually all right because I don't think I could have dealt with being around people right then. Yeah. So then I had a call from Emily and she had already been called by my dad because when I didn't answer, he called her. So she knew what was happening and she was already in tears and she was like, I'm going to come see you. Mm-hmm. So she came down and it was honestly just such a blur. It felt really surreal. I remember it. I remember everything that happened, but it sort of didn't seem real at all at the time. I did cry on the day and I cried numerous times, obviously, uh, but it still didn't feel like it was real. So mm. even though I was upset about it, it didn't sink in at all. And it didn't sink in for a little while, I'd say. The funeral, which was, I, th- I couldn't tell you how long it was after. I think it was a month after. Yeah. Um, but that was like, that was one of the hardest days, definitely. Uh, but I had a lot of my friends there, which is really nice. Because, like I said, my, my way of dealing with it is just to talk to people, try and be normal. Not, like, force myself to be normal. Like, if I can't do it, then I won't do it. Mm-hmm. But if I can, then I just like to try and keep things as normal as possible. Do you feel like you just feel like you keep, you have to just keep on moving forward? 100%. Um 
any time where like any time I've taken a day to just think about things or just be on my own and think about it I don't that doesn't do anything for me in terms of progress mm. I just end up getting more upset it brings up lots of bad feelings I always feel like days where I've actually gone out and done stuff so literally any day when I go to work or go out and do something go and see friends go go out for a meal those sorts of days I always come home and I feel a lot better for doing those things were you kind of shocked by what your brother did did you yeah. expect that at all? Yeah, no. So when I first went to uni, I went to Southampton. I was there from September to December. Mm-hmm. This was in 2016, I believe. Yeah. And then I dropped out in December and I was really, really, really depressed myself. And that was the first time I ever like acknowledged I was depressed mm-hmm. in my life. And I was in such bad place. And I was actually in a bad place for a long time, probably like a year and a half. Uh, but when I dropped out of uni... My brother, almost the same like month, week, had had a complete breakdown in his life and he had a really bad cocaine addiction that he was keeping under the table. Yeah, yeah. And his fiance found out about it and there was lots of drama to do with money being stole- stolen from certain people, which mm-hmm. I'm sure anyone who's had a relative or a friend that has a cocaine addiction knows is quite common. So it was all going tits up for him and it was all going tits up for me. He had moved in with his girlfriend and he had to move home and I'd been living at uni and I had to move home. So we both sort of had this really like unique bond where we were both just fucked at the time, <laughs> like, completely fucked. But we would just we would just joke about it. So like I said, mine went on for about a year and a half and I then moved down to Brighton after half a year of being at home. And he was actually, he ended up staying at home the whole time. Until a month before it happened, he moved out the house because him being at home was causing a lot of strain on my family and my dad and him fell out big time and my dad sort of said like either he moves out or I move out because he was having money stolen and it was it I it was understandable though it was like a lot of stress at the time so my brother moved out and he only moved about two miles away he was still living in the same town but he lived on his own then and then my mum and dad were at home my mum had a really big mental breakdown just before he moved out, which was sort of the reason why he moved out. And she, on Christmas Eve, tried to kill herself. But, I mean, she says that she didn't actually try and do it and she just did it for attention. But she did try and do it. Mm. And I just don't think that she's acknowledged that or something. That was difficult and confusing as hell. But Not to go into that too much, do you think she was just doing that to protect you essentially no i think uh i think she honestly just couldn't cope with everything that was happening like her marriage was broken down and my brother he was just constantly every time it looked like he was getting better with his addiction it would just then he would relapse all the time and it was just her and him living at home at the time she just couldn't deal with it Mm. so then he moved out and my dad moved back in uh and that was at the end of december 2018 and then it was at the end of January 2019, so a month later, that he took his own life. And that was when he was just in his own flat at a time. So that's sort of more the backstory as to how it happened. In terms of was it a shock to me, it was because he didn't say anything to me and I hadn't spoken to him for about a week before it happened. But he was having money issues and I'd lent him money a couple of times in January. And then he'd asked for money again at the end of January, but I didn't have any money that I was willing to give him because I believed he was going to spend it on gambling or coke. Mm. 
So, and I'd given him a lot of money that I know he'd spent on gambling and coke, like in the months building up to this. Yeah. So, on the recommendation of everyone, because he was, he'd, he was asking everyone for money, they were like, you can't give him money because he is 100% spending it on gambling and coke. So, I didn't give him money and he was actually really understandable about it. He, he wasn't angry at all. But then I didn't speak to him for about a week and then it happened. So, it was a massive shock because... It wasn't like I hadn't been in contact with him for ages. It yeah, was just a yeah. week. And he didn't leave anyone a note. He didn't say anything to anyone. Uh, it was really difficult at the time to understand why it happened. But I do understand why it happened. It was just like, it sort of felt a bit preventable. Yeah. But at the same time, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Because if I'd given him, say I'd given him money or my mum had given him money or he'd been living at home with my mum, there would have been something else terrible happening anyway. He would mm-hmm. have still been spending the money on drugs or my mum would have still been in an absolutely terrible place where she couldn't cope. So everything that happened at the time was the right thing, but obviously we just didn't know what was going to happen. But I knew that he'd been depressed for a long time. My mum said that he had said before that he wanted to kill himself. Uh, but it was still it was still a shock when it happened like it was still something that I didn't see coming at all but everyone blamed themselves because it was like we felt like it was so preventable and that he didn't really have to be living on his own we could have just given him money at the time but there were a lot of factors building up to it that I feel like people just ignore when they have those thoughts but through speaking with my girlfriend a lot because when I have those thoughts I would say it to her yeah and she would just remind me, she would be like, she would remind me of the months building up to it, what had happened, and like the number of times everyone had reached out and tried to help him. Mm. So it wasn't like we'd all just ignored him at all. It was sort of like we had all been trying for a year and a half, two years, and there was sort of not many other options left apart from him trying to do it on his own because him living at home with the availability of just stealing money off people quite yeah, easily. Yeah. It was just too easy for him to just keep getting coke and keep gambling and then keep having breakdowns Mm. rather than being independent. So at the time, that's what we thought was the best idea. Did did members of your family react differently? You say they all blame themselves, but... I don't know how much you know about what's happened since, but my family... So my mum and my dad have split Mm -hmm. and they're getting divorced. So the reason that was is because my dad didn't deal with it in the way that my mum wanted him to deal with it he's the sort of person that struggles like I'm sure a lot of people understand it's really difficult to help people who are going through like severe severe grief and my mum was going through severe severe grief so he didn't know how to deal with that and she was getting angry at him for him not knowing not being able to help her yeah so their marriage completely broke down and my other brother he has a kid his kid's turning free so he lives with his wife now but i know he's really upset about it obviously we both know that we're both upset about it what's the family dynamic when it comes to kind of discussing it though there'll be times where we will come together his birthday christmas day obviously in the summer we had my brother's wedding mm-hmm. and obviously he my brother ben was meant to be the best man so yeah. obviously that was like a massive shadow over that whole event but everyone actually came together there there were words said about Ben and it was really nice. It was hard for everyone to deal with, but 
it went a lot smoother than everyone thought, which was really good because a lot of things that year hadn't gone smoothly. Christmas wasn't nice, but it wasn't too bad. It went better than I thought it would. So the big days are when we sort of all come together. We still all speak, like we have a group chat. We'll speak on that every week. And me and my brother Scott, we've always, we've always got on, but we've never been like the sort of people that would always say like, oh, I love you. Or yeah. just even text each other all the time. We're both so useless. We just forget. <laughs> Whereas now we still are completely useless, but we do it, we do it slightly more. So I think we sort of appreciate each other a bit more because we all know that we're feeling the same. Have you felt like you've had to protect your mum during this, or? Yeah, everyone has, but I also am aware that I mainly have to look out for myself because she's not in a state to look out for me, and my girlfriend, she's been looking out for me since God knows when. So like almost for her, I have to look out for myself because I don't like weighing people down. Whereas if you actually try and be the other, you try and do it the other way and you try and pick yourself up, then you actually find that you sort of, you have the energy to help other people when they need it as well. Mm. Whereas I think if I'd just been focusing on helping other people, I probably would have had a massive breakdown myself. Yeah, yeah. How how important has Emily been been? Oh, like, so important. I don't know what, I don't know. I literally don't know where I'd be right now without mm. her. And it's so difficult for her because if, if I don't know how I'm going to feel, then she doesn't know how I'm going to feel. There'll be an event or there'll be something will happen and it will set me back. There'll be a lot of times where my mood will change and then she'll slowly pick up on it. But it's difficult for her, I'm aware to like deal with those times when it happens because it's sort of all new to us. So it's just sort of a constant learning curve. There's certain things that we know that will make it better. Mm -hmm. And there's certain things that we know will make it worse. So we try and avoid the things that make it worse, but there's always times where you have to do those things or you do go through those things. And then, then it's just about trying to deal with that, but you can't get angry at each other or anyone around you, although it's so easy to. You just can't because you just got to understand it's just an overwhelming emotion that mm. most of the time is controlling you. And when that emotion actually calms down, you then realise that, all right, maybe I wasn't being rational. But I've learned that. I'm still learning that slowly now. Like I will still get really emotional and upset and angry about things that I really don't need to. And then after I do understand, um, then, then it won't happen again. But then there might be something else that will happen and I'll feel the same way. So it's always, you always learn something new about yourself. Like you do become a different person in a way. Have your other friends been? Because uh, I mean, obviously like I was, I was away. I mean, yeah. Alfie in the corner over here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every, honestly, all of my friends have been so good. Like mm. all of it and all in different ways as well. But the best thing is just that everyone's still themselves with me. Uh, and when it happened as well, at the time, all of my close friends, I have about five really close friends, maybe that's exaggerating. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all of them were so nice, were like, just so good. And I've done that again. My girlfriend was, she, I, I would have still been fucked without her, but I don't also know what I would have done without my friends because you just need those people. And sometimes when it's a family member that you've lost as well, it looms over your whole family. Whereas when you're with your friends, you can sort of get away from it. 
and they all acknowledge and know what's happened, but it doesn't dictate the mood mm-hmm. of whatever you're doing. Do you talk about it often with them still? I don't talk about it that often, but I never feel like I can't talk about it. I feel like the reason I don't talk about it when I'm not talking about it is because I don't want to, not because I don't feel like I can. Do you sense that people find it difficult to kind of approach approach this with you? Yeah, because it is difficult. Yeah, yeah. And there's not really anything you can actually say, regardless mm. of how nice or how good whatever you say is. There's nothing you can actually say that's going to suddenly make that person feel better. So maybe suggest an idea to them, like, shall we go out and do this today? But you can never, like, say or do anything that's going to fix everything. It's better to just be normal and just let people know that you c- that they can talk to you about it. Do you feel like it's easier to talk about a year on? Yeah, it's easier to talk about in the fact I understand it more. Because mm. I've just had more time to think and just process things more events and scenarios that have happened where I've had to just deal with it. It wasn't like before I couldn't say anything about it and I was inconsolable. I was still able to talk about it. But I think like the conversation we're having now is completely different to a conversation we would have had nine months ago. Yeah, yeah. Because just more things have happened. I've had more time to process it. And especially with it being the anniversary, it does like, it does sort of, it's weird because it's been such a long time, but it does sort of sink in a bit more. Because mm. I'm like, wow, a whole year has passed, and I think about everything that's happened in the last year, and it is a lot of it is shit, but then also a lot of it is good, which is sort of surprising because just after it happened, I probably wouldn't have believed that anything good would have come in the last year. What well, what came that was good. Well, just in terms of dealt with it better than I expected, and there's more. I feel like I have more things to look forward to at this point in time than I actually had to look forward to say last christmas and like last christmas i was still in a bad place mentally anyway before it happened and i was looking for a job which i said i was looking for a job i just wasn't but i was meant to be looking for a job Mm -hmm. so i was just wasting money running out of the money that i had and then just wasn't in a good place mentally and although like i always was telling myself oh yeah it's fine like next week you're gonna sort everything out i just wasn't ever doing it Mm. whereas after everything happened it was like four or five months I had to get a job uh, because I had to pay rent <laughs> yeah. and then I just sort of was forced into this situation but actually although the jo- I hated the job it was definitely the best thing that I did that happened last year mm. because it just sorted out a lot of problems for me and took up a lot of my time that I don't really know what I would have been doing with that time if I hadn't been working so it actually really helped me although I didn't like the job it is definitely a good thing that happened and now I feel like I'm having more things to look forward to. Although so much shit has happened and I feel like I almost shouldn't be feeling more optimistic than I was, say, Christmas last year. A lot more things have started going right. It's also not like you. this has happened and you're now not allowed to be happy. Yeah, though, but some people do feel like that. Oh no, I suppose I, I did aware, feel yeah. like that for a while, but... Yeah, you just, it, like you said actually earlier before we started, um, it's so draining. Mm. And it's so draining permanently having it clowing over you. Mm. It just like saps every all the energy out of you. It takes up all your time. It like consumes everything you're doing in your day. You'll just be thinking about it. And I'll still think about it every single day, but it doesn't take over my day. It doesn't consume so much. Yeah. No. So... I find I actually have more energy for different things. Whereas before, like you said, I was just so exhausted of all of it. I've learned that the best way to deal with it is just just to keep going and just keep doing what you're doing, keep yourself busy, go to work, go to the gym, go out and see friends, even when you feel like 
you'd probably rather just stay at home mm. because then when you do when you do do those things and you do see those people nearly all the time you feel better for it yeah, yeah. when beforehand it doesn't feel you don't feel like it would you feel like you know i would feel better mm. if i just stayed in today and stayed in bed and or cried all day or whatever but nearly every single time you actually put yourself in the situation where you feel vulnerable you then come out of it feeling a lot better that's what i've learned have you have you sought counseling throughout this entire thing or only quite recently um because for a while I, there was so much going on i almost didn't feel like i didn't even have time to talk about it with anyone else yeah and i felt like i didn't want to talk about it with anyone else i was like i felt like i didn't have any spare time anyway with work and just everything that was going on in my life mm-hmm I was like, I don't have the time or the energy to speak to another person about it. Uh, but now I am going to try and make time just to speak to someone. Even if it's not a regular thing, just to have someone that I can speak to if yeah. you need to is quite important. Because just not speaking about it at all isn't good. So if you do go through those periods where you don't, you haven't spoke about it in a long time or you are just feeling really shit, then you do need someone to speak to, which I know as well. So I'm literally in the last week, I've sorted that out. Bottling it up is never, ever, ever the thing to do. Do you feel like this has changed you? Oh yeah, 100%. How? It's, it's just, it's because it's changed everything that's hap- that's going on in my life. Like mm-hmm. my whole family dynamic, just, just literally everything. So it can't not change you, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I was still the same person I was before it happened, I would be seriously concerned for my for my health. Because, <laughs> yeah, it has to change you. Because yeah. w- the person I was before wouldn't have been able to deal with anything that's happened. And yeah. then it happened and I couldn't deal with it. But then over time, I could deal with it. And now I feel like I still sometimes can't deal with it. But for the majority of the time, I do deal with it. All right. So... I do feel like it's changed me because before I wouldn't have been able to do that. And just the more times you're forced into situations that you don't feel comfortable being in mm. and it's not very pleasant because it's reminding you of the thing that's happened, then you come out of those situations and you are 100% stronger for it because you've gone through it and then it's easier to go through the next time. The more it's normalised in some yeah, sense. Yeah, because it, it, norm- it doesn't feel normal. So the more times it just becomes sort of part of your life and then you just learn to live with it i suppose yeah yeah because that's what's so difficult at first is if like it's so unbelievable what's happened this person that was there that now isn't there and that like it doesn't make any sense and now that i've had more time to think about it and deal with it it, it does get slightly easier but it's never it's never easy do you think it's changed your perspective moving forward definitely i was just in such a bad place mentally before it happened that i wasn't really thinking forward if i would go to the doctor today would they be like yeah you're still depressed i actually don't know but i am more able to like look forward to things and see things in the future where i'd be like yeah that's a possibility and that'd be quite nice i do now appreciate that like anything could happen at any time Mm. and if i were to well, if a year ago, say, if I were to have walked out into the street and been hit by a bus and that had been it, then I wouldn't have had, like, anything in my life at that time that I was proud of. So I feel like you almost want to do something with your life to, like, make something of it. Mm. 
because you do understand that it's not going to last forever. I don't know about you, but I'm a lot more anxious almost about other people that I know passing. Say my girlfriend, say if she died, what the fuck would I do? And I, that actually is one thing that I have struggled with. I get so anxious about the thought of her having a car crash because I just feel like that's the, probably the most common way that someone might die. Mm. So if I know she's meant to have got home from work like an hour ago and I still haven't heard from her, oh, then suddenly, like within the space of five seconds, I'll go from completely normal to like freaking out like something's actually happened. Yeah. And then I'll ring her and I'll ha- and if she doesn't answer, then I'll like panic message her and be like, just let me know you're all right. Whereas before. I would never have been like that. I would have just texted her and then waited for her to reply. Whereas I feel like there's almost like I panic. Do you think that reflects in some sense what happened to your brother in the sense that you literally just like... Yeah, like that caught, I didn't see caught, it coming, I think. Caught unaware. Because it was so came out of the blue that just sort of made me have to understand that that can happen and people literally out of nowhere. Although I suppose it wasn't out of nowhere, mm. but it felt like it was. Yeah, that's one thing that I struggle to deal with. So, and it's not something that's normal and it's not something I felt before. Mm. So I do recognise this to do with my brother. What would you say to someone who had experienced something quite similar to you? What have you learned from this process that you would then say to someone else? One that, although every single person you know will probably say it to you, it is 100% true in that it just takes time and you it's not going to happen and then oh, in one month I'm going to feel better, or in two months, six months I'm going to feel better. You'll just know when, you, when you're able to deal with it, and it's different for everyone. I feel yeah. like my mum probably isn't there and might not be there for a long time, because for her it's a lot more intense because it's her son. I just feel like everyone's going to take a different amount of time, so don't try and like rush yourself into feeling better. Don't think too much into the future about oh, in a year's time, if I don't feel better in a year's time, then what am I going to do? Just if you focus on the present day, you most of the time will be all right. Well, that's it for the fourth episode a big thank you to Tom for coming on and for being so open about what is such a difficult time in his life in the next and what will be the final episode of this series I talk to my cousin Elliot about his life after the death of his father I hope you can join us there I'm Theo Silverstone the music was composed by Lucy Piercy and performed by Alexander Lestrange the editing was done by my mum thanks for listening <laughs>